So thank you everyone who, who is here with us and thank you for those who are joining from all over the world. We're glad that you could participate with us and we thank you for your participation as well. If you want to stay connected with us and you're here in the sanctuary, you can fill out one of the welcome cards that's either available in the seat back in front of you or at the welcome desk, and that gives us a way of connecting with you. I want to share with you some thoughts about Yeshua and the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur gives us an opportunity to face our weaknesses and our failures, and even though we all have good qualities and strengths and virtues, we take time at Yom Kippur to acknowledge our weaknesses, especially our sins before God. And we face an important truth. We will always need God's mercy and his forgiveness. And those of you, incidentally, who want to uh, contribute tonight right here in the sanctuary, um, you, can, you can raise your hand and one of the ushers with the uh, offering baskets will come around to you. So feel free to do that. You can do so afterwards as well. We face an important truth. We are always going to need the mercy of the Lord and we're going to need his forgiveness. And we acknowledge that we don't have any worthy deeds, and by that we mean we don't have any worthy deeds that can save us. But don't get me wrong, we do have some worthy deeds. We're not entirely worthless. We love God. That's worthy, yes? We want to serve him. We trust him. We do acts of mercy together. We, we love our neighbor as we're loving ourselves. But these cannot save us. It's not like you can make a list of the worthy deeds and this is what you need to do. All of our deeds added up together are still not enough. That's our acknowledgement at Yom Kippur that we can't save ourselves. It doesn't mean that we stop trying to work on our weaknesses and our failures. It means that we don't think that if we're just a little bit better, then God will finally love us or he will finally accept us. We need the mercy of God and we will always need to rely on the redemptive actions of God on Yom Kippur. We take a very personal perspective on evil. We look at our own evil, our sin, our iniquity, our transgressions. And the question is, what do we do about our own evil? Isn't it true it's easier to find fault with other people? Isn't it true it's easier to find fault with people you don't like? And isn't it true that it's easier to find fault with people who don't think the way you do or have the same background or understanding. It's much easier to find fault with other people, but Isaiah 58 teaches us, stop just trying to find fault with others. And not only that, but all of Yom Kippur 
is intended to help us examine ourselves. So what do we do about our own evil? Well, somebody said the most powerful force on earth is love. And I heard somebody else say, no, it's not, it's denial. Many of us just try to deny our guilt. But Yom Kippur is a time to stop denying and to use an ancient plan to overcome evil in ourselves. Here's the plan. Admit our sins. Repent. Repent means turn around. In Hebrew, teshuvah, it means to turn around. It means to make a strong decision to go away from sin. It's not just asking for forgiveness for the things that we intend to keep doing. It's accompanied by a decision to trust God in his grace to help us put distance between us and sin and its temptations. We turn to God. We do not only what is pleasing to God, we embrace good morals and ethics, yes, but we trust God and we follow him. And at Yom Kippur, we look deeply at the problem of our own sin. We see our sin not from our perspective, but from his perspective. And we stop comparing ourselves to other people in order to get ourselves off the hook. Does anybody know how to do that besides me? I just want to see. Some of you know how to do this. I'll explain the steps. It's not difficult. When you're feeling guilty about something that you know you're guilty about and you want to get rid of the guilt, you find somebody around who seems to be more guilty than you. And you focus your attention on those people. Now is it getting familiar? Yeah, and you say, you know, I'm not as bad as he is. And then quickly that turns into something else. He's bad. And we forget our own guilt. This is a very popular way of dealing with sin, of dealing with guilt. And I'm not talking about psychological guilt. I'm talking about real guilt. You know, some people have a lot of psychological guilt. They just feel guilty even when they're not guilty. I'm not talking about that. I was with some folks once, and they said uh, to me, you Jewish people, I think, invented guilt, but we Catholics perfected it. I'm not talking about this psychological guilt, this feeling that people have. I'm talking about being genuinely guilty before God. And what we're learning to do at Yom Kippur, and we're learning not to limit it to Yom Kippur, it's not a one-and-done thing in life, but we're learning to live this way, is to stop just comparing ourselves to other people and acknowledge that when we compare ourselves to an utterly holy 
and righteous and true and good God, then we all fall short. We accept a different standard. That's what Yom Kippur is all about. We're not accepting just low-level standards. It's very easy to get rid of your guilt in your own mind by finding a low enough standard. Everybody does it. Have you ever heard anyone say that? Have you ever heard a lot of people say it? Or rather than acknowledge guilt, they say, well, the reason they're saying this is because of political reasons or this reason or that reason. There are so many different ways we have. I think the, it's human nature to, <laughs> to master avoiding guilt. And so I think Yom Kippur has some genius built in. We are taking time to examine ourselves and we're letting our guard down before God. And we're saying, Lord, I fall short. But we're not falling into this dark despair. We're dealing with it. How do we deal with it? We acknowledge our guilt, we acknowledge our insufficiency, and we come before God, we don't run away from him. We face the fact that we need God's forgiveness. We face the fact that more is required than we might have thought. I love the perspective that the book of Hebrews gives us. It's a very high perspective about Yom Kippur, a very special perspective as well. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15, the writer says, Messiah came as the high priest of the good things to come, of the good things that have come, with the greater and the more perfect tabernacle not made with human hands, that is, not of this creation. So Messiah comes as the high priest, not of the Jerusalem temple that has been built and is, in a sense, a replica of a heavenly temple, but he comes as the high priest of the heavenly temple. Verse 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more? How much more? Let's say that. How much more? Shall the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot or blemish to God, how much more will this cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? What are dead works? Those are the works that we do trying to get enough on our side of the scale. We have to stop doing that. We need to grow up. We need to get better. We need to take care of our weaknesses. We need to mature. But we will never succeed at that in such a way that we won't need the mercy of God. We will never perfect ourselves. 
Verse 15 says, For this reason, Yeshua is the mediator of the new covenant, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant at Sinai, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. So the author of Hebrews is comparing Yeshua to the Kohen Hagadol, the high priest. He compares the sacrifice of Yeshua to the sacrifices which the high priest would make on Yom Kippur. And he tells us Yeshua is the priest and the sacrifice. And then he adds this detail that is so important. He compares the heavenly temple to the Jerusalem temple, and he makes it clear that Yeshua has done something that cleanses the heavenly temple and thus brings a cleansing down to the earthly temple that is far beyond any sacrifice that the Kohanim could have offered. In Hebrews 9.15, this is my translation, Yeshua by his death brings in the new covenant promised to Israel and provides redemption for the transgressions which were committed against the Sinai covenant so that Israel, as God's chosen people, can receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. And I want to point out to you, this passage places Yeshua's death in the context of the Yom Kippur sacrifices. Hebrews mentions that Torah requires that almost all things are purified with blood and that forgiveness at Yom Kippur requires a blood sacrifice. The writer of Hebrews elevates the discussion about this to a higher level when he says the Jerusalem temple is a replica or a copy, in a sense, of God's heavenly temple. And he says better sacrifices are required. And he makes it clear that the purpose of Messiah was to provide a kippur, a sacrifice, that will overpower the force of sin on this earth and in the heavenly realm, in both areas. And so that means to us that you and I have available to us an atoning sacrifice that can truly set us free to be on the path of serving the Lord with our whole heart, to be on the path of tenderness towards God rather than hard-heartedness, where we're not trying to get away with what we can, but we're trying to become more and more servants of God. We had a wonderful dog uh, named Simcha, which means joy. She was a golden retriever, and she was just so friendly and a good dog. But we had boundaries in our house, and she was not allowed in the living room, which had carpet and upholstered furniture. And so she would lie down on the wooden floor right next to the carpet. And as time went on, if we were sitting in the living room, she would like move her head a little bit, and then she'd move a paw, and then she'd wiggle her backside and get a little bit like this. And she would do that. 
and slowly she'd get as close to the line as she possibly could. That was one thing. But when we were gone and we would come home, she would be dutifully lying on the wooden floor and we'd notice that there was an indentation in the living room sofa. So she was a good dog, but I think she knew what she was doing. <laughs> when we're just trying to get away with, when we're just trying to do the things that in our hearts we know are not right, but we try to not get discovered, that means our hearts really haven't changed very much. What's the sign of a tender heart before God? That we're not trying to get away with things. We're trying to be genuine with him, and when we discover our weaknesses, when we discover our sins, we want to turn away. And even if we're tempted and we've fallen, we know this, that the righteous may fall seven times, but they get up every time. And we take seriously the idea from Givarah that the Lord lifts up the falling. And so when it's in your heart, Lord, I don't want to stay down here. I want to get up. He'll fortify you and you'll get back up. And that process of getting back up again and again is what will make you stronger. I think that Yom Kippur is a wonderful time, a special time, when our hearts are opened to the Lord and our souls and our spirits want the connection with the Lord. And to tell you the truth, and I have to tell you the truth, that connection comes through Yeshua. That's the truth. When I was a young Jewish man and I was confronting that reality, I was looking for every other option. I wanted to get closer to God. I wanted to be a spiritual person, but I sure did not want to turn to Yeshua. And when I got to the end of that, and I did the best I could to not turn and to make myself better, I had to confront one thing, there's just one way through, closer. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he was patient with me. I'm so glad that he showed me his love and his compassion. I'm so glad that he did not just wait for me, he came for me. And he called me and he revealed his mercy to me so that I could face what was separating me from him. And I could realize I, I need to put my trust in him. I can't do this my way. So I think this is the season, it's a good season to say yes to the Lord. And it's a good season to get off the fence and and make a decision while your heart is ready. And if you're ready to even try to do it, 
you can pray with me and just say, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And thank you, Lord, for becoming my kinsman redeemer. And thank you for becoming my high priest. Thank you for being my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your forgiveness. I want to follow you all the days of my life and to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord, for Yeshua, who gave up his life to atone for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for the new life that he makes possible for me. Thank you, Lord. You give life to the dead. You resurrect the dead. You rose from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for giving us resurrection life and atonement through Messiah. Thank you, Lord, as we put our trust in you and we turn to you, that you make us into new creations and you allow our names to be written in the Lamb's book of life. And so it is with confidence that we pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. I remember when I prayed and turned my heart to the Lord and, and privately accepted Yeshua. It was an amazing thing, but I didn't want anybody else to know because I was afraid I'd get in trouble. Eventually, I got in trouble. It just took a little while. But I want to encourage you. You're going to get in some trouble. So you may as well get in some trouble now rather than put it off. Yeah. yeah it's for the best. <laughs> You'll also get out of trouble sooner. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of us could say, amen to that from personal experience. Thank you, Lord. If you prayed yourself in this way, if you are here in the sanctuary or you're online with us, let me know. I'd like to connect with you. I want to congratulate you because this could be your best Yom Kippur ever. This could be a whole new beginning for you. It will be a new beginning for you. We're going to continue with Avinu Malkenu, will you please rise? And this is a proclamation. This is a messianically inspired proclamation. Our Father and our King, join with me. Our Father, our King, be merciful and answer us. Though we have no worthy deeds, Treat us charitably with loving kindness, for you have saved us. That we can pray. The traditional Jewish prayer is a little bit different. It, only at the end it says, and please save us. But we're not begging God to save us. We're thanking God because we have confidence in what he has done. We all pray together, we're just as unworthy. But we acknowledge that what Messiah has done for us is fantastic. Let's sing together. Um. 
pray together with all the Jewish people, remember us unto life, O King, who delights in life, and inscribe us into the book of life for your sake, O God of life. And those of us who are messianic have even greater confidence, not just to ask for the mercy of God to inscribe our names in the book of life, but to thank him for having inscribed our names and keeping our names in the book of life.
Yeshua taught his disciples, do not rejoice in the fact that evil spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. All the listeners understood that was a reference to the book of life. In Revelation 3, verse 5, Yeshua says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from Hasefer Hachaim, the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Thank you, Lord, for your enduring mercy and for the promise that you give us of eternal life with you. Thank you for writing our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. Tomorrow morning, we'll gather together at 10.30 here in the sanctuary. We hope to live stream as well. I hope you join us after the morning service. We will also have a Yiskor memorial service. And everyone who is mourning the loss of a loved one, a parent or another loved one, is welcome to join us. And we will lift up the names of those who we are remembering, and we will also pray together the Mourner's Kaddish. That will not be live streamed, so the only way to participate in that this year is to be here present in the sanctuary. But if you want to send us, if you cannot participate and you want to send us uh, the names of those who you want us to remember with you. You can text or email or use Facebook in order to send us those names, and we'll try to collect all those names in the morning. At 3 o'clock, we'll have the reading of the book of Jonah. It will be on live stream on Facebook, possibly on YouTube. I'm not sure if the technology changes these days. And then we will have our closing service only on live stream, but you can participate on our Facebook page. And we are going to pray together. We're going to thank the Lord for his mercy and his forgiveness. We will take the meal of Messiah together. So you can prepare to do that by having um, some wine or grape juice and some matzah at home, and we'll take time and pray together for that. And I hope you can join us for all of that. That will be the end at 6.30 p.m. That will be the end of our Yom Kippur events. And so I encourage you to continue to fast as you can. If you are too young or too old, if you're not healthy, if you are healthy because you're pregnant, it's not a time to fast. But those that can fast, I encourage you to fast as you're able to and to use this as a spiritual time, not to lose weight, but to humble ourselves before God. 
There are other times to fast to lose weight. This is not that time. I also want to remind you, if you have not RSVP'd and you do want to come to the Sukkot celebration of picnic next Saturday, please RSVP tonight or at latest tomorrow, either with the envelopes that are in the lobby at the welcome desk or online through Giving Fire or PayPal, you can indicate that you are RSVPing on the uh, giving platforms online and tell us how many people are coming with you. And that way we can be fully prepared. Well, I want to thank you for coming. Let's just have a word of closing prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for all who have been serving tonight. Lord, thank you for everyone who came with a sincere heart to draw close to you and to thank you for your atoning sacrifice and to declare that Yeshua is Adonai. In your name we pray. Amen. Shalom, everyone. Hope to see you tomorrow.